Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Tuesday morning. We could not be more pleased to be with you here today. Thank you for making us part of your day wherever you're getting your podcast, be it at supertalk.fm or wherever you're getting podcasts from. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. I don't know. I don't know any other places. That's that's basically, that's all I know. We had a bunch of other people t- tweet us some stuff earlier, like Podbean and other things. I don't, I don't know about those things, though. I'm not a man of uh, of of much technological uh, savvy. I just hope that we're being heard everywhere people want to hear our voices. You know, that's good. I hope there's no one out there that's like, you know what? I need thunder and lightning in my life, and uh, can't find us. If somebody that, that, that you would know, break my heart. If did somebody I, did you I know, woo? Did, did I woo? Yeah, you would. Man, I don't even remember it. That, that's just, that's like how much drop another one in? Joel because T. I, Coleman. Woo! All right. Like I was sitting here scrolling. I was actually looking at your Facebook feed as I saw your picture and was reading your status uh, about please explain this photo to 2010. Yeah, yeah. That was a good one, by the way. So it, in my brain, I guess it, it is now officially a year and a half into doing this podcast. You just instinct to hear my name and go woo. So that's good. It's I got you like Pavlov's dog. Yeah, I guess so. So I literally do not remember wooing. I need I need to see I, if I can do it in a public setting now. <laughs> you know, we're just sitting there. You know, Mike Leach is just about to sit down. How's everybody doing today? Oh, I'm doing good, and so is my friend Joel T. Coleman. Woo! And, exactly. And then Mike Leach's like, uh, son, what the hell was that? Did you just woo? Let me tell you about a woo I once did back in 1979 at Valdosta. Yeah, then then we're just we're on, you know. Or he might be like, you know, I met Ric Flair one time. That would make me happy. Makes me happy that you're here listening to our podcast. We always appreciate our listeners, especially our servicemen and women taking care of us. We appreciate our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffee House and Churning Spoon Ice Cream. You had Strange Brew earlier today when we were at basketball. I did. You needed that that shot. I did. I, I need so. another one now, to be honest with you. So I read this article about Coach Leach on The Athletic, which I tweeted out. And if you're not an Athletic sub- subscriber, I, I will give you my full recommendation that you should be. Uh, it's a fantastic uh, – it's, it's worth the money I pay. I think I pay like 5 bucks a month. It's totally worth it for me. Um, but evidently – he he leeches like in his community meetings. He makes some sort of like triple espresso j- coffee drink that like they said at one time a, a quarterback had to sit out of practice. He was so juiced up, like he was shaking. So it's called Bucci. I don't know anything more about it, but I'm telling you, strange. Hey hey, strange brew. Guess what I got for you? Million dollar no idea. idea. Exactly. You know they they the, the do. Bucci. They did introduce a new drink. They did, and but, I drank it on Sunday. I tried it. And the salty dogs. It's good. It is good. It is yeah. good. I'll tell you if you if you enjoy sweet and salty mm-hmm. stuff, sort of like you I and I on this recommend. podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, so be, yes, it, it was very good. 
Well, they have, he has, have, has a dash of sea salt in it, which I, I was kind of a little unsure about trying this. Sea you salt? You don't think like coffee. and We're, we're going to go off the rails. So, it, so anyway, it had a dash, and, and it was great to have like the, the white chocolate slash butter rum flavoring along with a little dash of sea salt. It was great. Salt and sweet things is fantastic. Salt to caramel, salt chocolate. It just works for whatever reason. So don't ask me why it works, because I don't know. I don't, I don't understand how the human tongue works. I am not a, a tongologist. But... I know that it works. So, uh, our other sponsor, Strange Brew Coffee. Other than Strange Brew Coffee, I was in Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Is of course uh, College Corner. Check them out online at collegecornerstore.com or go to one of their two locations in the Jackson area, over in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet, or in uh, Flowood. They're over by the Half Shell. And check out the biggest and best selection of MSU merchandise you're going to find. Before you head back to Starkville this year, you want to make sure you don't have to spend any time in line doing your shopping. Come ready to work. Come ready to have fun. Go to collegecornerstore.com or go to the College Corner, either one of their two locations. All right. So I felt like our podcast on Monday was a very positive podcast. Yeah. I felt like we were like, hey, this is a new day for Mississippi State. Big time things are about to happen. And I got to be honest, it felt totally wrong. It just, that's not me. That's not what I'm doing. What am I doing here? I try to turn over a new leaf. It doesn't work for me. So here we are back. Uh, If you want to crank up the doom and gloom uh, graphic, it's time because we're gonna talk about men's basketball, and not not gonna spend too much time looking ahead to this game against Missouri tonight. Although it's it's a very intriguing game because Missouri as a team has been Hallen told us on Monday playing with a lot of confidence. They just beat uh, Florida, who is obviously one of the favorites in the conference this year. They're playing well statistically, at least you know points per game or whatever. Mm-hmm. The best defense in the conference. Which is a frightening proposition for Mississippi State. One of the worst offenses in the conference has not scored above sixty points. I'm sorry, above seventy points in any conference game this year. Uh, has not been the, the return of Nick Weatherspoon to me has set this team in the wrong direction, and I don't know how that happened, but it's happened. Well, you know, last year, this sounds like I'm blaming Nick. I'm not. Maybe it's just a, how it's worked. But State down the stretch, those final ten games or so. Without Nick Weatherspoon, played better. They got into the tournament based on the strength of how well they played. I mean, they, they yeah. played okay earlier with him, too. Yeah, they weren't but, terrible. But they did... They sealed what, it what, up. what was that record in those last 10? Do you remember? Oh, I'd have to go back and look. Yeah, you don't have to look if you don't want to. But I feel like they played okay. In the regular <laughs> season, I mean, you know, they lost to Auburn and Tennessee towards the back end, but for the most part, they were pretty good there. And then you got Tyson Carter, who is just going through one of the worst slumps of his of his career. I talked to Paul Jones today at Availability, who's covered Tyson since he was in junior high, you know, been here in Starkville. And he said he's never seen him lose the shooting touch like this. You're getting good stuff from your front court most nights. You know, Reggie Perry has is averaging a double-double. But then you, you combine, you know, they, they're, they're turning the ball over at an incredible pace, 17 turnovers. They had 11 first-half turnovers on Saturday night against LSU. Uh you're still not getting much from Abdullah Du offensively. You're not getting much of anything from your bench, especially the front court part guys on the bench. Fizel and Oduro are giving you nothing, literally nothing. They, they aren't scoring. Uh, Oduro's not even really playing. This sounds like I'm – I guess it – I'm not trying to bash the guys, but does it surprise you that you're getting nothing out of Keyshawn Fizel Prince Oduro? Because that doesn't really surprise me a lot. I would like to at least get, between those two guys, six to eight points. Can you get six to eight points out of those two guys? Combined. like Yeah. <laughs> four each. But you're getting zero. Yeah. If you're putting a guy into the game and he's not scoring at all, 
he better do something really, really well. You know, somebody like I, I always think about like I, I, J Reddy. You know, at least you, you know he handled the ball, and, and he wouldn't turn it over very much. Fizel doesn't give you anything right now. Nothing. I mean, he was a good story in the offseason because he lost a bunch of weight. He looked like he was in really good shape, but he's not doing anything. And so here we are in year five of Ben Hallen, and we're just looking around going, what, what's going wrong? This team should not be 0-3. They are far too talented to be 0-3 and 9-6 and overall. And, you know, and people, a lot of people say, well, they were 0-2 last year, but yeah, but that team didn't lose a non-conference game. Didn't lose one, well, they lost one, right? They lost to Arizona State. So I guess at this point, 16 or 15 games in, they would have been 13-3. and Something like that, yeah. And this team is 9-6. and That's a huge, huge gulf. Yeah. Huge gulf. In terms of making the NCAA tournament, right now they're on the outside. They're way on the outside. They're not in the last four out. They're not in the next four out. They're just out. And you got to go 10-5 and in league play down the stretch to finish with a winning record. Yeah. I mean, and, and you have road games at Florida. And at, at Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah. Um, so we're not even count. I'm not even counting at Oklahoma in there, right? Yeah, we, we said going into you know when they were nine and three at the end of conf, out of conference play, we said they need to have 20 wins. That would be then you would be safe at 20 wins. So to get there now, they're nine and six. They have to go what 11 and, 11 five, and five the rest of the way, and. I'm not seeing anything from this team that makes me think they're going to do that. They're taking too many threes. They've got sort of regressed back to Allen's uh, third year, where the team just took a ton of threes and nobody was making them outside of Holman. They're, they're taking too many threes. They're not. There was a possession that uh, I forget. It. it was in the second half where Perry's first touch is beyond the three point line. Like they're just passing. He's out there on the three point. Why? Why? Why is Perry one of the guys bringing the ball up the court? You know, you, you look at the press, and it's 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 Weatherspoon and Perry. And it's like, where are the guards? Perry should be getting down low. He should be trying to go ahead and start working his way into the paint. You've got two guards and Woodard who can handle and get the ball up the court. Perry does not need to be doing that. There's just so many questions about this team right now. I guess my first question to you is, are they going to figure this out? Or, or is this going to be a step back? With what is a really talented team. Well, the best indicator of the future is the past. That's and and the recent past says this year it, it ain't gonna happen. Um but look, I, I don't I don't wanna be Mr. Doom and Gloom here. The 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 fact of the matter is, you said this team's too talented to be where they're at right now. I mean, if it starts clicking, is it gonna it, it wouldn't just totally floor you if this team clicked and won five or six in a row, you know, and, and really Put themselves back in a good position. That said, I mean, that makes tonight's game to me critical. I mean, you fall to zero and four. I mean, at that juncture, you you're going to start looking at the NIT as lucky to get in that. You have three straight home games now: Missouri, yeah. Georgia, Arkansas. You need to win them all. You need to be you need to be back at five hundred when you travel to Oklahoma on the twenty fifth. And if you do that, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. You'll be again. fine at that point at three and three. But because then your next two are uh, at Florida and then Tennessee at home, and Tennessee is not what they were last time, but they're still good. <sighs> I, I'm I'm really I'm really confused by this team because I I thought early on I was like you know even when they lost to La Tech I was like okay I, I can forgive it you know they're going to be fine they're just too talented otherwise and not only do I have problems with that but I have problems with the way they play 
They play such a slow tempo. This strikes me as a team, even though they don't have a ton of depth, that should just be going up and down the court with the athletes that they have, and they're not. Why is that? Uh, <laughs> it's a great question. I have lots of questions. I have questions as to why. It seems like after every loss, don't know if he did it the other night. Obviously, we, we I wasn't in Baton Rouge to, to, uh, to hear him, but... I don't know why after a lot of losses, Ben Howland sits up there and talks about how I'm not using my bench right and I'm not doing this right and things like that. Well, There's a lot of red flags with Ben Howland. I just don't understand. Like, are you are you not paying attention? Like, why are you not doing I this? I don't use my bench right. <laughs> I, I need to get Woodard into the game. I need to do this, that, and the other. And it's just, what are you talking about? You're the head coach. Is there not a? Is there not any? I mean, it'd be the equivalent of me writing a story that had grammatical errors all through it, and I'd be like to to my boss at Danny P. I, Danny, I should have proofread my story. Well, the question then is, well, why didn't you? <laughs> I just I I don't understand when you're paid what you're paid. I, I mean, I, I get making mistakes here and there, but that's something that that has been repeated. That he stood up there after, and maybe that's just his way of taking shouldering some blame for the loss. I don't, I don't know, but there there have been lots of little red flags and just little things that that make you con- concerned about where this thing's headed. Uh, but the 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 sunshine and rainbows here is the talent on this team should be playing better, and if they do, then again you've dug yourself a little hole here. But it's talented enough to to dig itself out. Does it start and finish with Tyson Carter figuring out what his problems are? Because State can't win without him getting 12, 13 points a game, I don't think. It doesn't seem like it. It doesn't seem like they can win unless he's – I mean, he doesn't have to be lights out every night, but it doesn't seem like when he's having these one for 11 – Yeah, 12 for 13 points is not lights out. Yeah. You know, lights out is one of the games he's had in the past where he's, you know, seven of eight from three-point range. Yeah. He's getting 22, 23, 24 points. I, I think you're not asking a whole lot to, from, from Tyson Carter to average 12 points a game. Especially when you know he's a guy who can get to the line too, um, and then with Weatherspoon, it's about it's about turnovers, turnovers. I mean, they had once again before the first media timeout on Saturday, they had four turnovers. Yeah. So in the first four minutes of the game, they had four turnovers, and then down the stretch, turnovers just wiped them out at LSU. Yeah, what was it like five in the last six? They, they couldn't or break like a, a what was not the most uh, vicious full court press I've ever seen, but State had no idea how, how to break it. This team is poorly coached. There's just no other way around that at this point. This team is poorly coached, and they don't seem to be motivated to win. Well, then you run into a catch-22 a little bit of you got a coach that's bringing in all this talent and then doesn't know how to use it. So, I mean, if you – because, look, the big-picture question here is if State continues down this path, will will Ben Howland still be the coach, or does John Cohen need to keep the jet fueled? And and you and I are – it is talking about another coaching search here in a month. It is absolutely inconceivable, or two months, I should say, that uh, that John Cohen took this job in November of 2016, and he could possibly be making a fifth major sport hire. I mean, there's no way on earth he thought that was going to happen. That when he took this job, I could see Ben Howell. I, I This is just total conjecture here, but I could see Ben Howland like retiring with quotations before I could see him getting fired after I mean I agree with that that. but 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 anyway I I I don't know if that's going to happen or not here's why I don't think I don't know 
I think we talked about big picture basketball stuff the other day, so I may be repeating myself a little bit. I think I've shared this with you off the air if I hadn't on the air, but I, it's tough for me to hold that first year or two against Howland. Right. Because he inherited the mess that he did. And then, you know, year one, year two, I mean, you, you, you saw little steps forward, year three, NIT, year four, NCAA tournament. You made steps forward, even if they were incremental, every single year. And uh, then you get this year. I You're mean, stepping back, yeah. You, do, do you do you can a coach for one step back? You know, it, this is the thing with, that I would say is whoever the coach is next year, and I think it'll be Ben Howell. I do too. But you're going to lose Perry. In all likelihood, you're going to lose Carter. Obviously, he's a senior. I see Nick Weatherspoon, and I see a guy that you know. Obviously, the university won't confirm this, but he sat out because he he, he was involved in this Tudorgate thing. Can't imagine he's much for college at this point. And then, I don't know if you saw this, and when I saw it, my eyes sort of popped out of my head a little bit, but on Saturday night, they, they listed the top NBA prospects on the floor. Robert Woodard was, was the top guy. Yeah. The 24th bet, that's a first-round pick. That's I, guaranteed money. I saw that, and I thought, did they get him and Perry I was wondering backwards? if that was the case, but just going off of that, can if first-round pick in the NF, in the NBA draft is guaranteed money. Your full your your first contract is fully guaranteed. All your contracts in the NBA are fully guaranteed. So if you get a second deal, you you're probably putting 50, 60, 70 million dollars in the bank. So if he's that high, he's going to go too. And now you're telling me that the only guy you're going to bring back is Abdullah Do. Now, I feel like I'm speculating obviously on Weatherspoon and uh and Woodard. But I would I mean, I feel like it's an educated guess. I feel like it's 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 informed speculation. So you're you're talking about you know what's your starting lineup next year? Molinar, Stewart. I have no idea who the three is. Fizell and Adu. Oh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. That's that's a reason to keep Howling right there because a lot of coaches are going to look at that and go, uh, pass. You know, I mean, that that's that's rough. So this is this was sort of the window here with Perry. And, and and this group that this was the, the year to you know to take a step another step forward and then next year if you took a step back you could say well look at all the guys they lost but having these guys doesn't afford you any any window to do that another thing I keep coming back to we talked about this a lot last year and they end up using that last scholarship on Quentin Post who is a project you know at the end of the day that's what he is he's a project he's not helping you this year wouldn't they have just been better served hitting the grad transfer market. And finding a real point guard at this point. I mean, hindsight being what it is, yeah. <laughs> it, it boggles my mind that they didn't do that. It seemed like a no-brainer to do that. Well, and perhaps they did and just didn't see any, any but that, attractive options. That doesn't make any sense either. There's too many guys. There's too there's like six hundred players. Surely one of them could have been a reasonably good point guard for you. Six hundred players in the transfer portal, six hundred guards. Well, I mean, there's six hundred players. Guards. I mean, there's there's, yeah. there's gotta be one guy. There's got to be one. I, I, I refuse to believe there wasn't one guy. But it is. It, it, Howland talked about that though before he even signed post. He said, "Don't think we're going to do that." You know, don't think we're going to do that. And you know, next year also, you got to remember that you're you're down a scholarship too next yeah. year. So there's a lot of issues with MSU basketball right now. A lot. And you're right about tonight's game with Missouri. It's 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 a must win. And Howland will never tell you to say that. He's always one game at a time. This that and the other. It's must win. You know, you're not going to have a big crowd. Uh, but whoever shows up, you got You got to win this game. Otherwise, come Saturday, seven thirty tip on a Saturday night. 
There's not going to be anybody that that's safe. Well, see. <clears throat> be you and me. We have a good seat. Yeah, well, the thing I was about to say is Saturday, and I, I, I don't know this. We're speculating again. I talked to uh, a couple folks today. I don't think Mike Leach is going to be introduced on the floor tonight for tonight's game. They can save for Saturday. So, I, I mean, Saturday seems like a good time if they wanted to do it. I, I, again, I'm, I don't and, know and if they're doing it's it. It's also but. a uh, – it's a uh, what's one of my, a recruiting weekend, so there should be some some recruits in town as well. Yeah, well, I would think if some recruits are in town, then Mike Leach would be in town because I think that's the issue with like tonight is I think he's he's not in town at the moment. I think he's out interviewing potential defensive coordinators. If I had to guess, there there is a there is a lot of problems right now with Mississippi State basketball. Things they've got to get figured out in the next few weeks if they want to have any chance of making the NCAA tournament. Talked about it today on Sports Talk Mississippi. It's hard to believe, you think about it, where we were a year ago with State and Ole Miss, and it looked like, man, these programs are on the come up, they're going to be you know, battling each other, it's going to be a, a golden age of basketball in this state for the next few years. And instead it's... It's right back on... Fart? <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's right back to, you know... Ole Miss in worse shape in state. Neither team can... I can't wait for this game between these two teams. Neither team can score. Yeah. That game could set back basketball... 100 years, 42-41, something like that. And they can't score. It's It's really incredible to me that a team with the with the firepower I know they have, with, with Perry, Woodard, Carter, and Weatherspoon, those four guys can't get but 59 points in a game. And the other thing, you know, look at that game against LSU. Everybody's like, oh, it's such so close. They played so well. LSU was, what, 2 of 22, something like that, from behind the arc? If they shoot 30%. They win the game by 15, 16 points. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's not even a good shooting night. That's just, they just sort of were okay. I'll ask you this, and I think I ask you this all the time. And the answer, I think, is almost always yes. Are we overreacting a little bit? Because if if State had, let's just say that LSU's buzzer beater hadn't beat the buzzer or something or hit the front iron, rolled off or something, it didn't go in. Mm-hmm. State wins that game. They're one and two. They're coming home. We would probably be sitting here saying, oh, it's not ideal, but they're okay." Well, so we're, ba- at, we're in basing terms of last year where they were zero and two and they, they turned around to yeah, two and but, two. So, so I guess I'm saying is, are we basing all of this "woe is us" kind of deal? I don't know, "woe is fans" kind of deal, um, based upon the result of one? I think one I think game. sometimes we are, but I don't think we are in this instance because they have the two non-conference losses that are not good: La Tech and, and New Mexico State. They're not good losses. Um, they they lost Alabama. I mean, they lost by tw- by twenty one to a to a team that's not going to make the NCAA tournament. Um, they 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 turn the ball over way too much. Their offense is stagnant. They 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 don't know they don't seem to understand how to get their best player involved. He's Reggie Perry is way too much on the perimeter. You know that it just there's a, there's just a lot wrong right now. A lot wrong. So I don't think I don't think. Even if that game goes in, it's sort of lips. Or if that basket doesn't go in, it's sort of lipstick on a pig. Uh, this, this this team is not good right now. They're not playing well, and they're they're not coached well right now. And they've got to figure that out quickly if they want to make it back to the NCAA tournament. Otherwise, they're going to be sitting this one out. And then you're talking about with, I mean, this is this. It would be sort of similar to Stansbury's last year, in my opinion, without the dysfunction. Yeah. But I mean, that team of Moultrie, Bost, Hood, even Sydney. They had the talent to be an NCAA tournament team, and they didn't make it. This team is more talented than that, in my opinion. Yeah, I think Perry and Woodard are both NBA guys. I think that Carter is a guy who 
is a reli- when he's playing well is a reliable shooter. I, I think know, whether I don't know if he's an NBA guy, but he can make money playing basketball. Tyson Carter strikes me as a guy who can make millions playing overseas. Yeah. Where the where the perimeter game is so crucial over there. Nick Weatherspoon is a good college basketball player. Abdullah Du is a reasonably good center. He does enough things right. You don't have a lot of depth, but no no teams have a ton of depth these days. This team should be much better than they are. They should have they should have won at least three more games. And now the next three, or like just, you said, you, you really need need them all, but you have to have two out of three. Yeah. And if you go something like one and two over the next three at home. It's over (laughs) from a tournament standpoint. uh, I know that they would never say that, but you just look at what's ahead at that point, and you're (laughs) – I think that mountain's too steep to climb. So, yeah, starting tonight, they got to get right. Let's do a a playmaker for this one. uh, I mean, I think it's got to be Tyson Carter. He's got to fill up – he's got to fill it up more. Uh, you can't have the nights that he's been having and expect success. So, for to, to me, you show me his stat line, if he has another one of those off nights that he's had here lately, then we may be sitting here discussing a loss tomorrow night. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, I'm going to agree with you, too. I'll say, uh, I'll say Tyson Carter is the guy. My prediction, I, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't think this team is right. Something about them is wrong. It's off. I think they're going to lose. I think they're going to be 0-4. I'm going to take Missouri to win 75-67. Oh, me. It's tough to to realistically predict State to win this game right now, given the fact that Missouri has to be feeling good about itself after beating Florida. And State has to be frustrated. Like, it, this is a game to me that if State doesn't come out and and see some good things happen early, that it's just going to be one of those – here we go again kind of deals. Um, I feel like Missouri's going to win this game. That's my, my gut feel right now. I may get to the arena tomorrow and, and be proven wrong, but I think I'm actually I think I'm actually going to go with you here and, and, and say I think Missouri wins the game and, and I think it's going to be low scoring. Um, I'm going to say... Uh, I'll say 70-66 Missouri. All right. Neither one of us are on the Bulldog bandwagon here. We'll see it's what just, happens. It's just really tough to, to predict this team to win right now. You're right. Sort of the same way you were with football. Until they, I mean, until they do something, I can't I can't buy into the, it. The only thing that makes you kind of want to is it's a home game. But, but that's not a huge thing. It's not. So, you know, uh, playing in front of uh, 7,000 empty seats doesn't inspire anybody. So. Yeah, and I imagine it. Hey, look, I want to make it very clear. I'm not blaming anybody for not showing oh, up. Oh no, no, especially for an eight o'clock, game. eight o'clock tip against a you know an opponent nobody really cares about. When the team that when you the team you support is not well. good. Yeah, I mean, you want to stay home. You're not going to hear any grief from me about that. But I mean, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to buy in. So we'll see what happens. This is this is a crucial game. You lose this game, I'm 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 willing to basically tap out. I don't think from nine and seven you're getting back to. 20 and 11. Well, here's the the good news. Regardless mm. of what happens tomorrow mm-hmm. or Tuesday, if you're listening, regardless of what happens today, if it's Tuesday. Um, as of Tuesday, we are only exactly one month away from opening day at Dude Noble Field. There, there so, is that, too. So, so just we'll see where it takes us. All right, guys. Have a great uh, Tuesday. Wednesday is for the rumblings. So you go ahead and get us your questions in. Ooh. 
That's after that game, too. That's going to be a late night. But it's fine. It's fine. We, we're here for you. So send us your questions. Obviously, Joel and I won't be doing the podcast until after the uh, the men's game. So you got so all you got day time. and all night to get questions into us. We're happy to answer them. Pirate-related pirate or not. Pirate-related or not, perhaps you're watching the game and some come to you. Yeah, so. very possible. Very, I'm sure some will come to us. No question about that. All right, guys, have a great one. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi. Yo, Jimmy, hit me with that triple H. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.